0: Welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrillow, and I have yet another great guest lined up for you today. Now, as you know, this podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change as a positive force for good in the world. And it, it really lies at the intersection of three things. That's personal, professional, and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics at that intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, and sometimes we'll be leading, excuse me, deep dive conversations tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, before I introduce today's guests, I want to ask a quick favour. It won't take a minute. And I know everybody asks for this for podcasts, but would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review. It really helps us to share our message of inspirational change with as many people as we can. And it helps our guests get their message out to the community too. So thank you. Okay, our guest on the podcast this week is Sarah Santacroce, and I love her work as she is changing the current marketing paradigm. 12 years of running a successful LinkedIn consulting business inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement that encourages people to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. As a hippie turned business coach, Sarah hosts the Gentle Business Revolution podcast and works with heart-centered entrepreneurs to question their assumptions when it comes to marketing and give them permission to market their business, their way, the gentle way. So Sarah shares a fresh perspective and she doesn't shy away from calling things out that no longer work for many of us when it comes to the current marketing model. So welcome Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. You know, I am really looking forward to our conversation today and and kind of hearing more about, you know, what gentle marketing means to you and this revolution that you're talking about, (laughs) Um, but also kind of your work in general, because we've been in like the same circles, I think, for a while now. So I'm really looking forward to digging in. But before we do, before we do, I want to ask you, you know, we've just heard your professional bio there, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners just a little bit about the real life human behind that bio.
1: Mm -hmm. I kind of hinted at it with this term hippie turned business coach, (laughs) but there's a lot more to that. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, really recently uh, re- Found my way to the real Sarah, and it's just so liberating to be able to show up as the real human, and not <laughs> not some kind of mask. I often I talk a lot a lot about masks, and so the real Sarah really is kind of this daughter of uh, hippie parents. I grew up in Switzerland, as we discussed uh, just before we hit record, and. Uh, yeah my parents were hippies they wouldn't think of themselves uh, as hippies I don't think they ever (laughs) used that term but you know looking at my dad uh, looking at pictures of my dad with long hair and long beards oh my (laughs) word just like you know uh, real hippies and so I grew up in what I now refer to as a, a small hippie commune meaning my parents bought an apartment building with a bunch of other friends. So uh, there were six parties total and we each had our own apartment, but the whole house, we, we endearly called it Colombina, which was kind of this, um, and and we even had a logo and the logo was a dove. I think Colomba is, uh, is dove in, I believe in Spanish. And so really we had this community and we really uh, had a strong feeling of belonging to Mm -hmm. this community and to a certain values that we stood for. And there was a lot of, Time spent in common with uh, other people. I remember uh, clearly I was a child, so my experience was different from my parents, but there's a lot of discussions and meetings, and a lot of decisions had to be made in common, like who's going to take care of the compost and who's taking care of the gardening. And there was, you know, some arguing probably as well, (laughs) uh, or that's at least how I perceived it. But but there was always, they always found solutions. Like the grown-ups always somehow uh, found solutions and it was just like a very fair um, environment that I grew up in. And when I started working with clients, I also noticed that that brought to me, that brought a lot of grounding. It was just like, I f- grew up with this thinking, I can do anything. Like there was no, you know, right or wrong, there was no, um, you know, we talk a lot about women and empowerment. To me, it was just clear, I have exactly the same um, rights or, or or possibilities than than anybody. And so it gave me a lot of grounding, I think. So that was the upbringing. And then strangely, or, or kind of typically, I guess uh, as teenagers do, um, it was really hard to grow up in some, in an environment that was so different from anybody else. Like I, I went to a normal public school and nobody else had this kind of experience. And it was almost embarrassing to me to be so different. Like Mm. I remember, you know, uh, all my school friends being picked up by their dads in the car and and my dad came with his bike and these (laughs) funny spikes on his pants. So it was just like, you know, the most embarrassing a situation for a teenager and so after moving out uh, from home which uh, I I did quite early uh, at 18 I decided okay um, I'm gonna move uh, to to Paris I wanted to I didn't feel like I wanted to go into university that felt too constrictive and too kind of like what everybody else was doing. So I wanted to do something different. And I moved to Paris for a year where I, you know, deepened my French and, and uh, really had a good time and then moved back, but never really moved back home. And, you know, that was when I was 18, 19, and then started a business school. And and a a few years later, when I started my business, then went into this LinkedIn consulting. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, almost ironic because I really picked the most stiff and kind of most <laughs> professional platform out there. Right. And, and it was almost like, oh, I need to completely change. And, and only waking up 10 years later, really realizing that mm. I've been wearing this mask and trying to be someone that I'm, I'm not.
0: Mm. You know, it's really interesting. You talk about wearing a mask because I think in in the modern world, I think that's I'd almost say that's what we're taught to do from a very young age in school, where. You know, I, I've still got like my mother's voice in my head, you know, saying, you know, little girls should be seen and not heard, Jane. And I remember that shaping me in ways that I was probably, well, I wasn't conscious of at the time. So I love mm-hmm. that you talk about, it sounds like, a. am going to say it sounds like an awakening when you suddenly realized you were in this stiff, as you called it, <laughs> platform. and And there you are. But with your childhood grounding, it sounds like you had the confidence and the kind of like conscious awareness to say, hang on. So what can you tell us a little bit about that moment? Because that sounds really pivotal.
1: Yeah, I I think the seed was planted as it often is on the the therapist's chair. Okay. (laughs) I had to really, you know, go deep and do some inner work. And so I remember crying on my therapist's chair, telling her that it's just so darn hard to be different. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily refer to being different, like the the whole childhood thing didn't even come up yet. It was just referring to being different in business. Mm -hmm. Because I really felt like these 10 years, all, all this time, I felt like I don't really belong here. It's just like, I know it's what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be in business, just like my grandma. My grandma had a bunch of restaurants and she was a really good businesswoman. But I just didn't feel like uh, it was working for me because I was told to be a certain way. And so I kept feeling like I was wearing this mask and it was just so hard to inside you know, not feeling like I'm aligned and deep inside, I wanted to be gentle because that's just who I am. And yet, we're told that business is tough, and you know, business is business. There's no emotions, and and all these kind of stereotypes that we have around business. And so that's that's when the, when the seed was planted, and it was like really, either I give up because it just wasn't working for me anymore, or I need to find a different way. Mm. And so that's when I had this one night, I just, before I went to sleep, I had this epiphany moment, this gentle business revolution term came to me. Yeah. I went, you know, as, as <laughs> marketers do, I went to the internet, and I'm like, oh, I hope this domain is still available and reserve the domain name and the rest is history.
0: So. Fabulous. So tell us a little bit about this because it sounds like this is you bringing your, and I know the word authentic is overused, but it feels like you were really allowing yourself to drop the masks and just be yourself in business. So yeah. tell us about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really uh, reminded me that so much of what we're taught is is not is not actually feeling authentic to a lot of people and that i think it was kind of my calling to give people permission to Mm. say well do it your way i've the funny thing is i've done everything differently in in my whole life except for business in business i always thought no this is just how it works right Mm. and it's so it just needs to feel a bit awkward because that's the business area. That's where right. things are different. And so I was like, well, if I can be brave enough to do things <laughs> differently, then I think I have a message that I, I want to share with people and, and encourage them also. Because clearly every client I ever worked with, they always said, I hate marketing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I just don't enjoy it. And yeah. so I thought, well, let me dig a bit deeper. Why do people hate marketing so much? There must be a reason. And, and the reason, there was two reasons. First, mm. it was, again, they were not in alignment yeah. with what they're being told, how it's done. And the second reason is really this anxiety. And that was a big topic that I, I really discovered. And, and it's the anxiety that it creates for us marketers, entrepreneurs, coaches, Uh, that have to do the marketing Mm. but it's also what i noticed is even on the receiving end so even as consumers and uh you know us receiving emails or us seeing how other people market there is even that creates anxiety because it Mm. it kind of the marketing the hype marketing is always based on exclusion instead of inclusion meaning you know, we see messages like, you know, this is how you get a six figure business or seven figure right. Right? These typical headlines that we see all all the time. The thing is, if you're not at the six or seven figure business yet, well, what does that create? It creates feeling of um, exclusion, and I'm not enough, I haven't made it, I'm never gonna make it, I'm a loser. So all these feelings that are being triggered by marketing that instead of you know making people feel good and yeah. saying hey I, I can help you this is a solution they almost kind of like do the opposite effect and make people feel like oh my
0: god i can never
1: figure this out and i'm such a loser yeah
0: so. and i love the way you describe that cuz i've never actually thought about the anxiety That is provoked through marketing and I've Mm. definitely experienced it in myself Mm. and it's really interesting because you know of course I've been self-employed now since 1996 (laughs) which is a long time but um and I remember the first time I'd moved from a consultancy where I was selling products and programs and then setting up my own business I remember how personal it felt yeah I actually remember thinking, oh no, like I've got to sell myself now, right? Mm -hmm. Which I now know over the years is not true at all, but I felt like, I'm I'm going to be really honest and this is quite extreme, but I actually felt this way. I felt like I was often prostituting myself (laughs) out in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I love the title that you gave our conversation today because marketing and selling with integrity And kindness is almost the opposite of what I think of to a certain extent, even today, when I think of marketing and selling, it's almost like I go, Okay, this is marketing that you know, or I'm gonna sell or whatever. And Mm -hmm. that's certainly I think true for a lot of people out there. Mm. And a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, will really relate to that anxiety. So how do we do it differently? And the, the most important question I really want to ask you is does it really work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what our left brain
1: wants to know. That's our right. Left brain wants yeah. to know numbers and stats. And yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jane. I, you know, there's this kind of limiting belief where we yeah. think gentleness is not gonna sell. Yeah. Because gentle is almost like this word that we're like. Yeah, that's just too soft. That's not gonna, you know, survive in the business world. And the other thing is the what I noticed is that the gentle marketers, so people who use more kindness and empathy and, and all of the, those things, they're not necessarily the examples who are yelling the loudest and who are I saying, I have this million-dollar business, or you know, you don't hear them. And I would add to that, that they are maybe also the ones defining success a little bit differently Mm. than the loudest gurus out there where to them success is, you know, maybe all about the money or, or maybe they just haven't thought about the, their idea of success. I think the, Mm. the topic of defining your own idea of success is a big one Yeah, because it, you know, and I'm not pointing fingers because remember, I was there too, kind right. of always you know, well, wanting <laughs> more, and struggling, and, <laughs> and, and and so that's not the conversation, but it's it's in a way the conversation is to pause and really say, Well, am I working towards mm-hmm. a business that gives me joy and that works for me? So in a way, it's almost like the counter question due to does it work is well. Is what you're doing right now, what you're how you're marketing your business, is that still working for you? Mm. And what I mean by that is not only does it make money, but also do you feel good? You know, do you have fun? Is it is it is there a lot of joy and beauty in your business? Um, I have found you know, a lot of stories of gentle marketers who are successful in their business. And and yes, it's totally possible to build a business based on kindness and gentleness um it, it's just that we have to look a bit harder for those stories because those are not mm-hmm. the ones who are going to sell you their five-step template <laughs> right and, you know right. tell you how they made a million dollars and they and now you can too if you just yeah. buy their two thousand dollar webinar or
0: whatnot right. i remember it was only about in my in my uh experience it was only about um probably about six years ago where I decided I wasn't selling anymore. Now, it's an interesting thing to say that because of course, I still do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But in my head, I was like, no, I'm going to offer invitations. (laughs) Right? Right. Now, I'll tell you that I'm absolutely certain I am no, I, I don't know that I'm nowhere near, but I'm probably nearer to gentle marketing, but I'm certainly not right over. I'm certainly kind of, I feel like sometimes I'm walking a tightrope, right? And, and it's sometimes really hard to know for me when, when I can be more gentle because I, I have this conditioning and I know. So, I, so Coaches Business School is a great example because I teach coaches to build a business for purpose and for profit. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of walk that, that step. But the stuff over here, which is in the for profit that I know works, right, speaking about problems and challenges, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far to say fear based marketing. But I would say, helping people realize their problems, giving them an awareness of that, giving them an awareness of possible solutions. And then, generally, people will 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 come forward or step forward or raise their hand in some way if they're like, oh, okay, like I really get that. Like, how do I work with you? Yeah. And it's been happening more and more. But I'd love you to define for us what gentle marketing is. Yeah. So so
1: let's unpack that a little yeah. bit because really what we know as hype marketing uh, is right. is those kind of techniques that you know, marketers and gurus, they say, this is what works. And quite frankly, yeah, some of it does, and, and, yeah, and they I always,
0: I know now they I always, always go, damn. Yeah, you are like, oh man, oh damn. It uh, really does work.
1: <laughs> it does, and 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 it works because, and that's what they use, right? This, they're like, this is based on human psychology, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's why it works. If we use the scarcity um, principle, as meaning, you know, there's only this many offers and you have to buy it now. Mm-hmm. So you combine scarcity with urgency and people are like, oh, okay. I gotta have this and I have to buy it right now. So okay. if you use those principles, clearly, yes, uh, it works. It's just proven that that's how the human brain works, mm-hmm. that we, we, we need that. Um, the, the, the thing is, it's not so much about the how uh, sorry, it's not so much about that what, so what technique you're using. I'm not saying throw all these things that are proven completely out the window. I'm more saying it's really every word that counts because words can make people feel one way or they can feel make people feel a completely different way. And like you said, you're not selling, you're inviting It's the same thing, (laughs) but you're using a different word, Right. right? and and that's exactly what we need to relearn we need to unlearn mm-hmm. the the hype language and the oh, yeah. you know, last chance and this is this offer is going forever and of course there then there's completely like lies where things oh, you know, yeah. are being used that they're just not true that the the offer is disappearing and then you go back the next week <laughs> and it's still there and those kind of things uh, but then there's also the 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 real things like early bird offers well There's nothing wrong with using those, Mm -hmm. but it's just about how, how you phrase it and how you invite people in and, and, and without using fear uh, to get them to buy, because quite honestly, yes, it works. But the question is, are you really attracting the right clients with those techniques? Because these, these clients are going to show up in a scarcity energy. They're going to be very fearful and they're going to have much higher expectations from you. So let's say you're a coach and you're mm-hmm. rushing someone into buying. Well, they expect the world of you. They are. They expect a transformation that you can never guarantee, and it's just much harder to work with those clients compared to a client that you're inviting in and you're telling them, "I can't guarantee you know you anything." Um, what I say when I work with my clients, I'm like, "I can't guarantee you clients like." Yeah. Whoever says that, that's just BS. It's just not possible to to guarantee that. And and so it's really about the having the conversation based in truth. People yeah. now more than ever want the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all about that.
0: Yeah, and I totally agree with you. And I I, I just love what you're saying because I think it's very timely as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I just want to share a, a really quick story that'll really highlight for our listeners. You know this, this difference and my experience with this, really? because I, when I first landed in America, it was a shock. Right? I've worked globally for I don't know how many years, but um, before I came, and I'd worked with cross cultural teams, I'd worked with a lot of American organizations. I thought, and I'd been on holiday here and traveled as a tourist, and I thought, I know this space, and I landed here, and it was like, oh. Wow, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything. So, I joined a high level mastermind to mm-hmm. learn in my head the american way of doing business but the other big shift for me was i'd run a multi-million pound business in in london i'd run my own consultancy so but it was all offline because it was kind of pre-internet digital marketing back in the day and so i had all these systems and tools and techniques and i knew how to do that but i also knew when i landed in america that all my clients were in europe so i was like okay i need to sort out this digital thing as well so i was in this very open mind minded space and I learned the killing it crushing it I was with all the internet marketers and I just assumed this was the way business was done Mm. in America Mm. and it was very hard for me and I remember I went into so after the first mastermind where I'd learned some stuff I went into a second mastermind and this was a better one and the I remember the the lead who's a thought leader turned to me and he went okay Jane because I was there going I can't do this it doesn't work for my audience I can't use this like I'm not doing that it feels so out of integrity and Mm -hmm. he turned to me and he went uh, because I said it won't work and he said how do you know it won't work if you've never implemented it and I thought okay he's got a point so I I thought okay so I went back and I implemented it almost word for word what Mm -hmm. I was meant in his view to do Mm -hmm. oh my word (laughs) so Mm -hmm. the first thing was it worked right I got a lot of attention and I got a lot of buyers Mm -hmm. but just like you're saying Sarah they were the wrong people Mm -hmm. but as in addition to that I got so much like uh complaints from people who knew me and all mm-hmm. the people coming in were mainly people who didn't know me. And I was losing my old audience. Mm-hmm. And it was so painful for me because mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain that it was an experiment. It was a test. And and then, because uh, this was before GDPR and all that. And I literally lost, I don't know how much of my, my community during mm-hmm. that time. And it's taken me a long time to get that trust back because mm-hmm. what it did was it it just I just lost trust so if you're Mm. listening I want you to really listen to Sarah because I had to go full circle to come back to me Mm. and but the other thing was I did learn digital marketers through the internet marketing world but I had to go there to learn what works to be able to kind of morph it into my style of of invitational exactly. marketing yeah it
1: sounds like our stories are very similar <laughs> and, and and again it's it's not that we're saying don't market anymore no, that's not yeah. at all what we're saying is like find out what's out there and you know there's a lot of things out there nowadays and then I talk about the the marketing superpowers, so really focusing mm. on the w- one or two things that give you joy, that uh, also obviously talk to your ideal client. So meaning you're not wasting your time spending it on Instagram if your audience right. is actually on LinkedIn, and and really finding this intersection of uh, of, of those places like. Why would you spend so much energy doing something that you don't enjoy? Right. Like I hear this over and over again. You should have a a Facebook group, a free Facebook group that, you know, was was the best thing since sliced bread for like a long time. (laughs) It still is. You still hear a lot of uh, people telling you that that's what you should do it's just not my thing. It's just not me to be there all the time and engage where for someone else, they're really good at that. That's, they're, they're thriving on on that. So it really is about, I I call kind of the the gentle marketing is a blend of personal development and, Mm -hmm. you know, really, um, down to earth and pragmatic business advice because i feel when i analyzed those gentle marketers that we talked about before the ones where they have a business that that works what i realized is that yes they figured out the marketing things that work for them Mm. but they also spent so much time on the being not just the doing Mm. they really figured out who they are uh, what their story is What their values are before they go into the avatar. You know, every marketing program out there talks about the (laughs) avatar. But what if you spend all these years attracting this avatar and then you find out that you're just not a good match? That's Mm -hmm. what happened to me. And so it's just not, you need to start with yourself and we mentioned before this authentic uh, this word authenticity is kind of overused why because it's almost like it's become a prescription you have to do authentic marketing to be perceived as authentic. that's not a thing mm-hmm. you cannot do authentic you have to <laughs> right. actually you know spend yeah. the time and figure out who you are and bring more of you to your marketing You can't just copy or attend a a course on authenticity. It just
0: doesn't work. And I love what you're saying because to me, see, I hear it through my own lens. And and I'm hearing that you're talking to me about resonance, Mm -hmm. right? You're talking about who we're being first Mm -hmm. before we ever move into the doing. The energy, if you like, of marketing is what I'm hearing you speak to and that the energy of gentle marketing, of course, Is really different to killing it or crushing it or, you know, whatever else it is that, you know, is often thought about when we think about marketing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And and that's exactly where we resonate, because the, the Gentle Marketing book is actually based on three R's. first one is uh rumble so rumble with your own story really figure out who you are your values and all of that and it's organized around the journey through the labyrinth which is Mm -hmm. often used in personal development Mm -hmm. so you rumble you walk into the labyrinth then you are in the center and you rise so you rise because you now know who you are and how you're different you rise above the noise and then you with all this knowledge, you walk back out and you resonate. You oh resonate with your ideal clients. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love so it. I didn't are. realize we had such an overlap. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So yeah. I love that. And I love the rumble and then the rise. Because for me, I think, I I particularly love the metaphor of rise right now, because Mm -hmm. when I think about what we talk a lot about in Sacred Changemakers, you know, one of the metaphors we use is that a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. And if there's a time for us to really rise now, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this, This is the time that's really calling for each of us. And it's easy to step into, oh, we need the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. We all need to come together and have a we conversation. But we can't do that until as individuals, we empower ourselves to rise in that way. Because it's easy to forget that the the so-called we that's going to change the world is actually us. As individuals, and I just would love you to speak to that in some way. Yeah, you're
1: you're so right, and it's so like I see so many of our colleagues and and yourself talking about this in in terms of leadership, right? Mm, That yeah, this is such an essential part. If you're going to show up as a leader, well, before you're going to lead others, you know, first deal with your own uh, story yeah. and, and it's exactly the same thing for entrepreneurs and business owners I think before you go out there and want to make a difference well yeah you need, need to really go in deep first and I really also see I love this quote by oh uh, Raj something I'll, I'll I'll send you the the names if you want to quote it. Yeah, please. So it, it, it's something along the lines of um, marketers in the 21st century really being healers. So yes, that, I think I've read this. You yes. read that quote? Yes, 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 yes. Wonderful quote. So really, um, you know, us showing up with this idea mm. of using marketing to heal. Mm. Uh, but again, if we want to heal, others heal our uh, clients, we need to also first uh, apply self-care and heal Mm -hmm. ourselves. And that, yeah, that takes time, uh, takes courage, it takes showing up and really doing
0: the work. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. It really does. So in terms of the gentle marketing revolution, I mean, where are you? What's your vision for this in terms of because I've heard you tell me a very personal story about this, how this came about. But I'd love to know, like, why this exists, not just from your perspective, but from the vision that you have for it sounds like a movement to me, Sarah. Yeah, I I
1: really see it as a a movement. And I see it as a movement from the people. Mm -hmm. Like you uh, um, alluded to before, you know, it's great that we have the 17 sustainable development goals. It's great that we have, you know, big corporations starting to to think more about purpose and, and all of that. But The revolution comes from the people and we are the people and there's so many, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners. And if we rise together, then we are the ones who are going to bring the change and and the big corporations will, you know, maybe in a few years go, oh, okay, I guess we need to change our marketing too, because already what we're seeing is the clients are definitely so much more conscious already than the mark compared to the marketing we're seeing so there's a mismatch like consciousness has risen like yeah a lot faster than marketing has adapted and so I, I I really think the the movement needs to come from the people and so that's what I feel like that's where I think I, I can make a a small difference and mm-hmm. really bring people together who feel the same way and say yeah let's have these conversations around uh, you know finding a way where we just like you said have profit and purpose, where we create businesses that feel beautiful to ourselves, where we find joy, and at the same time, make a profit, maybe not just to, you know, sustain our lifestyle, but but also being able then to make a bigger difference. That's really what this is all about. So it's just holding the space. I see myself as someone who's who's able to hold the space to to bring
0: up this topic and and have conversations around it. And it's fascinating to me that you know when you say you hold the space, mm. that sounds so. So I'm going to use a British word that some of my American friends laugh at me because I use this apparently a lot, which is so lovely, <laughs> <laughs> right? So lovely because. And it doesn't, it doesn't, in my mind, and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners, it doesn't sit alongside the word revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say revolution, I think of the people rising up, but not necessarily in a gentle way, more like what we've seen with Black Lives Matter or the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. where people are really defending and, mm-hmm. and trying to be heard and, 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 and using some what I would think of as maybe more masculine tactics, which mm. is where I wanna come with my question for you, which is, I know, cause I've had it said to me, I'm sure you've had it said to you. So I'm gonna just gonna rest on that assumption for a minute, which is, isn't this just a feminine thing? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I
1: love that you bring that up. And that's like in the first pages of the book, because, yeah, because clearly, yes, I've heard it before. And, and no, oh my God, no, it's not just a feminine thing. Um, no, I think I always address, you know, every sex so that it's it just like, even the word gentle, if you think about gentlemen, there's a gentle oh, in gentleman, yeah. right? And, and, and I just think it's more about the mm. energy and the mindset. So yes, of course, right now, there's more women who are interested, as of today, in this kind of movement. But isn't it maybe also up to us women to lead the way and say, look, there is a better way. Mm -hmm. Because quite frankly, after this year that we just went through, I think there's a lot of men realizing how tough they've been on themselves and how Mm. tough this you know this whole lifestyle really has been and I think they're just just like us they're actually ready for something else they're they're ready for a different way of of living of doing business of um yeah finding joy
0: I totally agree because in in my experience you know I've worked with a lot of global teams and, and and at a young age found myself in the global space and the global space at that time was male there weren't any women. Mm -hmm. And there I was this little like blonde 20 year old coming in. And they were like, what's like, they were almost like, not who she what's that? What's (laughs) that coming in kind of thing. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to me that through my career, I've seen the changes with women Mm. coming in. But the other thing I've realized is, I do feel we're at an inflection point now for leaders and the way we define business and leadership and things like marketing. Because I think there's no doubt now in a lot of people's minds that this is the way we've been doing things is not sustainable. It's just not. And Mm. even though we might like to have fooled ourselves that we're we're, we can dominate the planet <laughs> like we try to dominate everything, including marketing and our clients or whatever if we're doing the traditional, the old way. I do believe that now there's a there's an openness, there's, a, there's an appetite for this because it's very clear that we've got burnout, we've got stress, we've got unparalleled levels of anxiety in organizational life. We've got organizations where people hate, literally hate, going to work yeah. and now yeah. we know this what are we going to do about it yeah so yeah. how would you guide like if anybody's listening to this and they've either got their own business or they're a, a leader in an organization I mean what advice do you have for them when they suddenly become aware that oh, there is something that mm-hmm. needs to change because I see you like a catalyst Sarah for these changes yeah yeah
1: Yeah, I I think it's really, well, first, it's about pausing. And hopefully that has already happened. And and yeah, globally, (laughs) globally. Yeah, right. In a way, we were all forced to pause and come out of the trance. Because really, if you're in the trance, you just keep going because you just think that's just how life is. You know, that's Mm. just how it is or life and, and business. And I'm thinking a lot of pausing has happened, and, and not just, you know, the doing, but really also maybe more focus on the being. Am I happy? Do I have joy in my business? Do I have jo- joy in my job? And I think that's where every kind of change, uh, you know, starts. It's like becoming more aware, and then you know, really thinking hard about is this what I want to keep doing? Mm-hmm. And if not, what are the small changes that I can make? And I, I talk about, you know, slow marketing, and that also means a slow transition, as we mentioned before. We, you know, you and I. Um, we maybe still have certain things where we think, well, am I using a technique here? Is this really (laughs) gentle? Or is this just what I've learned? And and I'm not saying just throw everything out. Mm. I'm just saying, well, maybe there's a few things that after listening to to our conversation, you're like, that just doesn't feel good anymore. Mm. For me, it was the six-figure headlines. I could just not deal with the six figure headlines anymore I didn't want to use them in my business anymore I didn't want to promote anybody uh, with the six figure headlines anymore because Mm -hmm. I just know how much anxiety it Mm -hmm. creates for people this feeling Mm of not being enough Uh, and and so find out what it is for you and then I, I think it's really just you know having heard this conversation you'll become more aware and and as these seeds are planted more and more, you'll be thinking about your client, like mm-hmm. how does it make them feel when you put out certain things? Mm-hmm. And and I think it's really this shift of once the clients who, who come to you because they they are aligned on this different, different level, on this level of resonance, like we said, you'll just feel like so joyful working with them that you notice the clear difference like it's night and day uh, for me like I know this because it's more recent right so it's just night and day I I like I'm still like I feel like I'm working with friends rather than than clients (laughs) right yeah and I think that if we could all have that the world would just already be a better place and then if we can all have thriving businesses because uh, you know we're just yeah we're, it's just working then imagine the difference we can make
0: yeah and I love the word friends that was a pivotal moment for me when mm-hmm. I stopped writing email campaigns right <laughs> to uh to potential clients or prospects or leads or any of that thing and I started to think okay friends like community like you know like you were describing your childhood for me now that friends is what I think about and I I say some sometimes I read back my emails and I think why did I say that? You know, because it's like, hey, you know, I've been like, it's snowing in Columbus this morning, and it's freezing, and I'm dreaming of sunny beaches. And, and I just start off in my witter that I do. And, but it somehow it, it feels to me, there's another word for me that, that, that really made a difference, which was bringing the humanity back into business in a way. Now, I know that's another overused term, but I had never thought, I don't think, up until a few years ago, what it means to be human mm. in business. And mm. I'm kinda, I look back on my career and I'm appalled <laughs> that I never, I never thought to question what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually reading a really interesting book at the moment called Humankind, and I'll, pu- I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a really interesting, it's a research-based book. And basically, the premise of the book is that it starts off and it says, you know, you're in, a, you're in a, an airplane and um, the, the airplane's crashed or it's crashing. It's on fire. Now, which scenario, which world do you think you live in? Is it A, where everybody helps each other and tries to get out? Or is it B, where everybody's pushing everybody out of the way and trying to make the way to the exit? Mm. And in this research, 98% of people said, B, I live in world B. And I think we've constructed this world Mm -hmm. that we think we live in, which is why we all have to armor up and defend and listen to everybody else externally about the way we think we should be in the world. When really, the, the researcher said, all of his research over his entire career shows that we actually live in world A. But world B is the cultural kind of thing that we've, the message that we've shaped for Mm. ourselves, and I think that's fascinating. Mm. That we're being fascinating
1: and and sad, you know? it is. Wow, how how sad that that's what we've created, and and business definitely contributes Mm. to that, like
0: yeah and there's no doubt right now and I I, I feel this with my client with some of my client base that are like right now we've got such a different reaction to what's going on depending on what industry you're in and what you're doing and you know and how kind maybe life has been to you before but there are people that in America particularly that live hand to mouth even though they're doing an in inverted commerce very well and through mm. 2020 they've really suffered financially Mm -hmm. And now there's people that say, well, I need money to survive right now. I need it and I need it now. I don't have time to pause. What would you say to those folks about how they can survive through this time? Because when Mm -hmm. I think of gentle marketing, I'm, I'm lucky that I've had the luxury to pause, to reflect, to really shape consciously what it is I want to do. But not everybody has that access yeah Yeah.
1: i I would repeat that it's a slow transition to gentle marketing and to be very gentle with yourself yeah so meaning if that if you have a product or a service that makes you money you know and quick money that is working and and that's just what you need to pay your bills please you know don't throw that out that's that's what pays your bills right now while maybe that gives you a bit of freedom and flexibility to you know start paying a bit more attention to this awareness that we discussed mm. but yeah i i wouldn't want anybody to say you know to to to, to be too proud and and say okay, okay fine i'll i'll just you know cancel everything but then be in a financial distress not at all i i mm. think the seed is planted and so if we know that that's where we want to be we will get there and it doesn't matter, um, you know, how fast or, or, or slow it, it it is to get there. I, I think it's really important. And, and f- even for myself, I have a product on, on LinkedIn that's called the LinkedIn profile quick fix. You know, <laughs> it's like the <like laughs> quick fix, like it couldn't be more funny than that. And yet yeah, that sells really well because what people want is they want to quickly fix their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So yeah. that I'm I'm not going to take that off the site right now just because it's called quick fix which doesn't right. really, you know, fit with gentle because as I'm transitioning also into you know being the leader or the founder of the gentle business revolution I still also have bills to pay. So I mm-hmm. think we just need to be very honest with ourselves as well and say, you know, these certain things I will keep doing them because they pay my bills right now. Mm. Eventually, I want to transition out of them because they just don't necessarily feel good anymore. Yeah. A- and and I'll get there. What I w- would also like to say, though, is, you know, the hustle, the whole hustle mentality. <laughs> um, just because you need money now doesn't mean you need to do more and more and more. Yes. Doing more is not, what gets you uh, more clients or what gets you more money into the door. Uh, I'm convinced of that. It's doing it differently and, and just coming up with creative ideas. But if you show up with the scarcity
0: energy, people feel that Mm. and that's just not what's working. Yeah. And I I really want to highlight that distinction you made there about a time of transition, Mm -hmm. because I notice also with my clients that you know when when seeds are planted because that's another great metaphor I I talk about a lot which is we're not hunting for clients we're gardening (laughs) right you see and I love that metaphor for building a business because it and it is slow but I've never used that word slow marketing I think that's a really good way of of talking about it so that distinction of transition is really important here because I think too often when seeds are planted, we want to go from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we forget that it's kind of like a pendulum swing and yeah. it's all in and, and change is much more like a step-by-step kind of process, especially if you want it to be sustainable. So I yeah. love that you're speaking to that plant the seeds and then recognize you're not there yet. And that's okay. Yeah. You're on your way. You have the intention there and you're still navigating what you need to navigate, the complexities of life and business, which never go away. Yeah. So I would I would
1: just add to that also, Jane, is is surround yourself with people who think alike yeah. so that you don't feel alone on this journey. Because <laughs> speaking from experience, I can tell you, you know, you question yourself a lot of times. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you explained it before as well. You've trained your audience to, you know, to buy whenever you have a sale or to like, you've trained, you've attracted a certain audience. And then if you're changing completely, then, you know, people are like, what is she talking about? I don't get it. And so, yeah, you'll feel like a certain you're going to be in this liminal space where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, this thing is not working. I am feel so alone. So surround yourself by, by people uh, who, who are convinced also that that's the way. And, yeah. and listen to Jane's podcast <laughs> because you'll get current, <laughs> constant inspiration for yeah, being on the right track.
0: And your podcast too. in mine, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as you were speaking there, it was just, I was just like, yeah, in my head, I was just like, yes, yes. Because I remember 12 years ago, that first mastermind that I was in. Oh, my gosh. I remember really realizing that the whole group was going this way. Mm. And I was going this way. <laughs> mm. And uh, it became untenable for me to stay. In, the mass, in that mastermind group because we were just so different in our intentions. Right. Um, and it was interesting because it was so obvious to me and I think it was probably obvious to them as well, But it, but I didn't realize it was also a little bit of a cultural difference <clears throat> between Europe and America in right. ways that I hadn't quite understood fully. Mm-hmm. And now I've lived here for 12 years I get it much more because yeah. here people are very money oriented, almost, because they have to be. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's most distressing about this, these times for Americans is there, there is no social system that catches them. If something goes wrong, if they lose their job, if they're furloughed, if they can't make income, make money to support their family. They're on the street. And I, I still as a European find that really shocking. Really it shocking. Is.
1: It is. And and we've had this conversation before. And yeah. And, and 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 yeah, I can totally resonate. And and so it's it's just even more important that you know self-care and gentleness toward oneself is also applied. And mm. and I think you can you know, still make money. And, and it's this, yes, both and right. I, we're not saying just be gentle and things will fall from the sky. No, mm-hmm. uh, be gentle and fierce. And so you just be really, uh, you know, consistent and strong in your beliefs. And, and again, this transition phase where, what works for you keep doing it until you feel like you're at a level where you can say okay uh, you know I feel like I'm ready to to add on a a few
0: other things that feel more gentle and that keep doing it that is just gold dust so I hope you've all heard Sarah there because (laughs) keep doing it when I was in my 20s one of my first business mentors I had a leader I was a senior leader in a global corporation I asked him if he'd mentor me And he agreed. And he said to me, um, and I wasn't in the same organization as him. I was a consultant, but I really, really kind of revered this guy. And one of the things he told me right back then, which I kind of forgot for a bit, but um, I've really remembered more recently, which is, he said, um, and he was a multi-millionaire. And he said to me, um, I want you to know, Jane, you're right at the beginning of your career, but I want you to know that I've made my money not from innovation, but from repetition. Mm-hmm. So keep going, keep doing what's working and then just drop away with it. I think that's just gold dust. So.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's so important because a lot of the anxiety comes from the overwhelm of, yeah. of, of wanting to do everything. And and same for me, like I've blogged for 12 years. I've done a podcast now for five years and that's what creates momentum. It's keep doing it. But again, surround yourself by people because (laughs) you you think in the first two years, you're like, I'm talking to myself.
0: There's nobody (laughs) listening. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. And I think community is so very important now in business is really building you know, those like-minded people gathering. I mean, I don't even know that I'd say building, but more gathering people together so that we can get that group think going and and learn from each other. I think that's really important. You have a group, don't you, Sarah? Yeah. I I have a, I call it the gentle business circle. Mm.
1: So that's where we come together and have these conversations about, you know, marketing and and business a, a different way. And and, and you're so right about the the community and, and in the, when I looked at the seven P's of marketing, it's kind of a concept that's been out there for a, a long time. I, I thought, well, I could work with that, but there's a few of those P's that just really don't resonate anymore. And they are also not aligned with the brick and or, or with the online businesses that we all have. They were like, right. you know, kind of more brick and mortar oriented. And so. I threw some of these P's out and brought in new ones. And one of the new ones is partnership community Mm -hmm. didn't start with a P, but partnership did. And, and that's really what, you know, this is, this is all about. It's this idea of partnering. Yes. With others, um, other Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, but partnering with uh, yeah. With, with your people partnering also with the world. So Mm -hmm. making the world a better place and, and partnering, who knows, with the divine and and just kind of, you know, looking at at business not as this lonely wolf that just has to do everything and figure out everything by ourselves. Yeah,
0: that is so important. Yeah, it really is, thank you. Okay, so I'm noticing the time and I just wanna ask you one final question, which is, you know, if there's something that you would have liked to share with our audience today, you know, what might it be?
1: Mm. um maybe i can just hold up the, yeah. the mandala of the ease so uh, i i said earlier so the seven p's existed uh, uh already what i did is i saw it the seven p's are are basically individual circles for those who are listening on the podcast they don't see the mandala but what i thought of is like well marketing is a creative process what kind of image can i use to display that and the mandala came to to me because the mandala really what it is it's a creative circle a creative Mm -hmm. process that brings us to our uh center and so If we market from within, if we market from our center, then we're really, uh, you know, marketing in a gentle way because we're bringing the whole human side to to our business. And so the seven Ps of uh, gentle marketing are passion, personal power, people, product, pricing, promotion, and partnership. And so as you notice, the first ones are more of the being And then the the pragmatic ones are product pricing and promotion. So they're more of the doing. So it's really this blend of, you know, let's focus on the being first and then let's also get shit done and you know, work on our business and marketing.
0: (laughs) We're so aligned. In coaches business school I talk about be more, do more, so you can give more. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I love that
1: yeah yeah so people great. would want to find out more about these yeah. seven pieces. they can go to sarahsonacrochet.com forward slash one page the number one and page. I'll put that
0: in the show notes as well yeah, so that people lovely. can easily access it that's yeah. great oh Sarah thank you so much I didn't realize how aligned we were <laughs> but it's lovely to talk to you and I love this idea of the gentle marketing and business revolution I think it's just so needed in the world right now so thank you
1: thank you thanks so much for having me i just want to mention the the book because that's coming out tomorrow uh, as we're recording this on february 16th and uh, it's called the gentle marketing revolution a radical business approach to get clients with
0: integrity and kindness all right thank you thank you okay that's all we have time for today Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally and together we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your efforts and intention to make the world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.